just a note before we begin. This episode is part of a string of four episodes, all recorded at the end of 2021 and the beginning of 2022, which I intended to get done and out at the time, only to see them repeatedly fall by the wayside. Thanks to a suddenly free evening, I've put them all together for your listening pleasure. Hope you enjoy, despite their massive lateness. In the meantime, if you'd like to hear something which is regularly updated, check out my current podcast, the horror news show, The Carnage Report, with Julie Holland, via the Cinepunks Podcast Network, wherever you listen. We're on Twitter and Insta at Report Carnage as well. Now, here's the show. Hello, my name is Nick Spacek, and you're listening to From and Inspired by, a podcast about soundtracks and the people who make them. On this episode, we have another installment in the series, Your Favorite Soundtrack, where we talk to our favorite people about the soundtracks they love. Something on. Sorry about the length of being gone. It's been a whole thing. But we're back in this installment of your favorite soundtrack. Sees us talking with Caitlin Conroy about the soundtrack to the 1974 Brian De Palma film Phantom of the Paradise. Caitlin is a longtime music and movie fan, and her work in bands such as Cowboy Indian Bear, Laguerre, and her two new projects, Cheery and Dooms, means that she's well known in the Midwest for beautiful melodies and emotionally resonant songwriting. Therefore, it makes total sense that she'd pick a film with music by the one and only Paul Williams, a man who's no stranger to tugging at the heartstrings. Thanks for doing this. Thank you for giving me another uh-huh. reason to uh, a reason to go back and rewatch Phantom of the Paradise because I think I've only ever seen this movie once. Ugh, it's a travesty. I I <laughs> genuinely never get sick of this movie. Never. So the question I always ask first uh, when we're when we're talking your favorite soundtracks is how did you first get introduced to Phantom of the Paradise? Yeah, so my dad actually owned this on VHS for as long as I can remember. And we had like this little nook in our living room um, and a little like corner shelf with the television on it, real like early 2000s style. Um, And we had a handful of little VHSs by it. And they were all kind of like my dad's old VHSs he never got rid of. (laughs) And one of them was Phantom of the Paradise. And I always remember the cover and I always remember like looking at it but I don't think I actually got around to watching it until I was maybe like 
11 or 12 and I have memories of watching it when I was that young and just being like, what is this? Like I, it was, you know, very visual and crazy and awesome. And I didn't really get too much into the soundtrack until I think I revisited it. Um, when I was probably in my like early twenties and I was like, Oh yeah, I remember that was wacky. Like I want to give it another try. And at that point I actually knew who Brian De Palma was. <laughs> and I also, um, and I also knew who Paul Williams was because my dad is obsessed with Paul Williams and he always has been. And so I was like, okay, well now, now that I'm like into film, actually let me give it a go. And honestly, I just like fell in love with it. I fell in love with it. And ever since I've watched it many, many times and shown it to basically whoever I can get to want to watch it with me. <laughs> so like, what was the thing that hooked you in when you revisited it? as an adult um probably first and foremost like the cinematography of it right you know i mean like like brian de palma does that you know split screen just like bonkers <laughs> cinematography um and i mean it, it's obviously like it's really got that like mid-70s vibe but it's just cool right like every shot in it is cool and also it was weird because i think i didn't ever see suspiria and i'm like a giant horror movie person <laughs> i haven't i didn't actually see suspiria until i was in my early 20s either and so kind of then knowing who um jessica harper was and kind of having suspiria where you have that like real saturated color and stuff it, it is very kind of similar to phantom of the paradise in that sense like it's got that like real strong like 70s like visual and um i think that's initially what got me in and then i don't know i mean william finley like <laughs> the whole weird just kind of wacky vibe is is really what my like taste in music is all about it's like this kind of real raw like sad love song kind of vibe so it it just it hooked me so much <laughs> And the sarcasm of it all. It's so everything is so sarcastic in it. It's fantastic. It's so weird. Like when I first saw it, like I don't think I had I th I I think it's sort of like the way you put it. Like I didn't have quite like the understanding of it. Like I didn't have mm -hmm. I like I feel like if you saw this in the seventies you totally understood what was going on. Like you knew who Paul Williams <laughs> was, you knew like all of the stuff they're kind of like taking jabs at. Um yeah. and also like I hadn't read Faust. <laughs> so or, <laughs> I hadn't like I knew like Phantom of the Opera and like that was it and I was like I, I don't understand any of this. And but going back and rewatching yeah. it I was like, "Oh, oh, obviously like like I get the Faust thing, like the whole like beef, like the the end part like yeah. at the concert. <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, well that's obviously supposed to be Lou Reed, like the undead right. that that's 100% like ripping that's like Alice Cooper which like at the time like that's uh -huh. that's timely as hell <laughs> I know it's it's and it's it's funny too to think about that and then think about how much of kind of essentially a bomb this film was initially <laughs> because I don't know like 
I don't think it's it's a thing where it gets cooler with age. Like I imagine that if I would have seen this when it came out, I probably would have thought it was as cool as I did when I saw it when I was in my 20s, you know? So I, I don't know, like I'm shocked that this wasn't kind of an automatic hit, but I don't know. I mean, maybe it is because like being a musician my whole life, I was like, what's cooler than like, Phantom of the Opera Faust, but like a dude getting pressed in a record press. Like, that's so cool. Well, you're not like the only musician to be influenced by this movie. Like, I mean, like very notably, like Daft Punk has like, like their origin story is like wrapped up in the two of them. Like when they were kids, like seeing this movie in the theater, like 20 mm-hmm. times. And it's like, oh, mm-hmm. uh, robotic mm-hmm. voices and a mask playing music. Uh, yeah, kind of makes sense. Oh, yeah. No, it absolutely does. <laughs> yeah, that is one of the things that one day, like, on my bucket list is I've never been to, like, a real comic convention, like an actual, like, you know, like a Comic-Con. And um, one day, I it is my absolute goal to just, like, cosplay, like, a super fantastic like phantom from phantom of the paradise that's my goal so as it as, like even make the little synthesizer and everything attached to me like do it all you know yes <laughs> yeah now as a musician yourself like have you ever had occasion to cover any of these songs oh yeah i've wanted to cover faust forever um just again it's it's because i like that that initially um, I don't know. I mean, like, I think I think it makes sense because that is like essentially the opening shot of the film is, again, that really beautiful, like um, choreographed shot of it kind of circling him and circling him as he's like wildly playing the piano. And he's just such a weirdo, you know, <laughs> and he's, he's got this like big sweater on and he's just singing with this crazy voice. And it's but the song is gorgeous. You know, it's such a beautiful and it's got one of my favorite lines in any song ever, which is, you know, old emotions, may they rest in peace. And it's just so beautiful. And they're all this like nonsense is going around and like moving things across from a stage after like a real, you know, silly band just got done playing. And um, I, I don't know, it is something about the movie is really plays on like, you know, the the music that's like so heartfelt and genuine and how people will just make it crap (laughs) you know um to sell records and things but uh but yeah anyways back to your question yeah faust absolutely um because that just always really attracted me i also love um special to me especially because again that scene in the movie where phoenix is auditioning and it's the camera on her and she's looking straight into the camera and kind of like doing her funny dance and uh it's, it's an awesome song and it's fun. It's so funny. Like it's just, it's just like such like a funny '70s song. Um, yeah, and then I also just love Paul Williams' voice. <laughs> He's just got such a beautiful voice. And um, I mean, honestly, to be honest, I would cover every single song on this album. But I think, I think first and foremost, probably Faust has always been. Even though when I'm listening to it in my car, I listen to "Goodbye Eddie Goodbye" like all of the time because it's addicting (laughs) i love the fact that the juicy fruits are like like i i feel like that is the band that is like the most pointed 
criticism <laughs> and satire in this movie because like like all the other ones can be seemed to be like an amalgamation, but like the juicy fruits are like oh, that is Shanana. Like, that is who you're making uh-huh. fun of. And that is, you are saying, like, it's like, retro is out. Like, yeah. nostalgia is gone. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I I remember, like, so first of all, uh, you should know I am wearing a Juicy Fruit shirt currently. <laughs> um, so that's first and foremost. Um, I also have a Death Records shirt. But, uh but yeah, and obviously I have my fan with the Paradise tattoo as well. So I'm cl- clearly a fan. Um, but yeah, you know, like I remember kind of, you know, when like you're growing up and you're learning your parents' sense of humor yes. and it just kind of like takes a second. I feel like a big part of that for me and my dad was him always talking about how funny the Juicy Fruits were, you know, and how <laughs> like how to take like like this beautiful song and then then it's like carburetors man that's what life that's what life's all about and it just like that sort of humor i feel like really like embedded itself into me just being like wildly funny now the 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 whole thing about phantom of the paradise is like the reason it works i think for for me is because of paul williams songs like and he's just gone on like in addition to his like songwriting songwriting like he's done like so much other like s- stuff that is in other entertainment like i mean you can talk about like his work right. for like 3 dog night nan murray and like right. uh obviously the carpenters but like i found it, i i was today years old when when i found out he wrote the theme to the love boat <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. He really is like, that's why I I love Paul Williams so much because when you actually start digging, he has just written everything you've ever heard at some point in your life. And uh, again, my dad, like being a big fan of him, like I feel like 90% of this podcast is going to end up being about my dad because that's the whole reason I even know about Phantom of the Paradise. But, you know, like my dad always tells me about being in the theater to watch um, the Muppet movie. And like, or whichever one specifically the title was, I think it's the Muppet movie, but where, you know, the opening. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. And the opening scene is rainbow connection and how like all these people in the theater, like are in tears because they're just like, what? This is like the most beautiful song I've ever heard. And I feel like Paul Williams has said multiple times in different interviews, like what song, you know, do you think is the best song you've ever written? Or what do you think you'll be remembered for? And he's always like, Oh, rainbow connection. No (laughs) doubt. That's the best song I've ever written. (laughs) <laughs> you know um it, he's just he's just like a force of nature it, yeah that is literally a song that like if you play those opening banjo chords like just like niagara falls like i'm just like i know <laughs> an emotional wreck because it's and then yeah. then he wrote all the lyrics for Emmett otter's jug band christmas which is like <sighs> I, I was like, I've always referred to it as like something I'm like, oh, that's been part of my life as long as I've been around. Like, and I, I thought that was like one of those things where it's like, oh, I just remember it from when I was a kid. I'm like, oh no, that movie is like a solid two years older than I am. Like it has literally mm-hmm. been around my entire life. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's perfect. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. 
just something else. He's yeah, he's a big big hero of mine. Absolutely. So, uh, like, did Phantom of the Paradise like like did it lead you to explore other things in that sort of genre of the 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 weird musical from the 70s yeah i mean that's a good question so i i'm somebody who i like wouldn't say i'm like a big musical person except um also i i would also tell you that literally the only reason that i am a singer was because when i was like five i saw the 20th anniversary of les miserables on like pbs and (laughs) (laughs) fell in love with it and that honestly like i would say that like les miserables specifically that version and phantom of the paradise are probably like two of my biggest influences musically even if it doesn't sound that way like just that's the things that made me want to do what i'm doing to a certain degree um but you know i don't know i feel like i'm almost weirdly intimidated by it like i don't <laughs> think i've actually given a cha- like a, a, a chance to sit down and try to be as influenced the only the only way i would say is that i've always been very much into trying to write music that to me feels really kind of spooky or creepy even though i don't think that actually translates to a wide audience but it to me i always think i write spooky songs always and um i like that i i try to write them like this like you know none of these songs seem really outwardly spooky but they're all kind of haunting you know like um uh especially uh like the the phantom theme you know um it's so like that's the i believe that's the one that's the all the angels that you know that one right yes (laughs) i believe yeah that that in in that sense right like that's not like a spooky song but it's definitely like a very like haunting song um so yeah i mean in in that way yeah but i i don't think i've reached my phantom of paradise like potential yet (laughs) because that is something that i would i would love to to not even write anything necessarily that sounds like it, but to write something honestly as good as half of the songs on this album, because I genuinely do think it's, this is a record I have playing in my house, like on a very regular basis. Like it's something that I have a feeling like my son is going to grow up and know all of these songs. <laughs> now I have to ask, have you seen uh, Jessica Harper's other uh movie musical uh shock treatment the the sequel to the rocky horror picture show yes and so okay so no is the answer but it's funny because i feel like i've had this conversation recently um no and and you know it also is very strange because some reason at some point in my life in my head phantom of the paradise became like versus Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh no, that's and I a don't know that's a thing. Why. I th- is it a thing? Okay, it's definitely a thing. Like because on Twitter. Know. Okay, okay. Because I, I didn't like. There's, I don't remember why that would have been in my head, but I do know that, you know, I've seen Rocky. I saw Rocky Horror Picture Show a long time ago. 
I am more, I'm more no Rocky Horror Picture Show because one of my best friends has made it like a lifelong tradition to always try to like take me to live performances of that for like my <laughs> birthday and stuff like that. And I'm just like, yeah, this is great, fun, great. Um, but I'm so passionate about how good Phantoms of Paradise is and especially because so many people haven't seen it that whenever somebody starts talking about Rocky Horror Picture Show, I kind of get pissed off. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's okay. But have you seen Phantom of the Paradise? Because it's fantastic. (laughs) You know, Uh, so to answer your question, I haven't. And it's probably because I have some weird, like, allegiance to Phantom of the Paradise. And I would have, like, it's like, no, I don't need to watch this. Why would I watch the sequel of Rocky Horror Picture Show? Mm -hmm. They should make a sequel to Phantom of the Paradise, you know? Which they shouldn't. But. <laughs> I, I also have never seen Shock Treatment, so um, yeah, I, I there is definitely. I was going to ask, like, there is definitely like this weird thing where people who like Phantom of the Paradise have like, I'm not going to say like, and they don't see Rocky Horror as an anathema, but it's like this weird thing where like they both could have been like in that Rocky horror position, I think Yeah. given, given the right fandom and there's like an entire documentary about it. Right. Um, that, Mm -hmm. uh, came out a few years ago. That's literally about like the fact that, uh, like Winnipeg, Canada, Mm Mm-hmm is Mm -hmm. like like for whatever reason it like took off there and it like yeah in in one town in canada it Mm -hmm. is (laughs) it is the it it is rocky horror yeah 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 no absolutely and you know it's funny because yeah i'm looking up right now so rocky horror came out so a year after fan of paradise um also, fun fact, I don't know if you know this, but uh, do you know that Jessica Harper was cast in Suspiria because she was seen in Phantom of the Paradise and they thought she would be a great lead? I did not know that, and uh, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Yes. <laughs> yes, so that's that's a little fun connection. Um, but no, yeah, I you know, I didn't... I actually was planning before doing this podcast to watch um the phantom of winnipeg and i just didn't get around to it but i've wanted to since i've seen the trailer for it i've I've wanted to watch it um because i do feel like i feel like my heart is winnipeg like i get it <laughs> you know like i i it, it just you know it's it's funny it's just funny to me that so many people i know who like claim to be into like really cool stuff like i don't know how somebody could watch phantom of the paradise and if nothing else not come away from it being like that was a cool film you know <laughs> it's just cool i don't know the, the funny thing is i think when the first time i saw it i was like not in the right frame of mind and i'm gonna be 100 percent honest here like i did not like it like i was just like i, uh-huh. I don't i don't get it and then like i went back mm-hmm. and when i rewatched it last week i was like oh no this is fun like it's it's i think uh i guess the best way i can put it it is far less like winky naughty like elbow in the ribs than rocky horror is Uh uh-huh 
And I think that's what yeah. I, I ended up appreciating about it. Also, you've got Rod Serling doing the intro, which uh, I was uh-huh. just like, I uh-huh. was like, well, that's that's amazing. Like, I don't know how they got him. Fantastic. But yeah, that's a... yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> so like... I feel like it, so I'm looking stuff up as we're talking because I just am trying to like think of fun things about it. And when you just Google image phantom of the paradise it just like how can you like i feel like anyone who's listening to this who hasn't seen it just needs to literally google image search phantom of the paradise and if you aren't intrigued by just the gorgeous like stills from the film and all of the like fan art and all of the the artwork that came for it and like the the posters and it's just it, it to me it feels like a museum of just incredible conceptual art like it's silly and it's got that kind of like almost off-putting humor <laughs> you know but it's just edging on off-putting to where it it uh, i don't it, it's just one of those movies that honestly it really does like i love it so much it makes my heart skip a beat and even like the photos that you see where he's in his little like recording cave that he gets bricked into it's just it's visually stunning, you know, <laughs> especially as a musician, especially as a musician. I I think if you see Winslow Leach slash the Phantom, like just as an image, mm-hmm. like in like behind that massive like recording console, like you should mm-hmm. at the very least be like, what? Like, <laughs> like yeah. that should intrigue yeah. you enough to want to see it like just be like mm-hmm. all right i i i gotta see what's going on with this dude with the like bird looking mask and, and the mm-hmm. metal teeth mm-hmm. yep i'm it's it's yeah it's fantastic and i was even looking again i was looking at my record of it today and and you know it has like the movie poster on the front of it and even that you know it's just like it's neon lights and quarter inches all over the place (laughs) and it's just it's just fantastic like it's it's i really do feel like this is like a like a weird dirty horror film for theater geeks and like rock musicians (laughs) no i i I think this is this is more the movie for like music nerds yeah. Th- like like this is 100% like, oh, do you like weird rock and roll? This is the movie for you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, uh, it's just it's just great. <laughs> it's just so great. And I mean, come on, he sold his soul for rock and roll. Like Oh. Yeah. That's fantastic. Uh so <laughs> you are a musician yourself. Um <laughs> what are you currently working on? Uh, yeah, so I'm uh, I'm actually working on a lot. Um, weirdly, I haven't played a show in over a year, and that was jarring. But obviously, a lot of other people are in that similar situation. Um, kind of luckily, m- that time also came basically very soon after I had a baby, so it worked out a little more smoothly for me since I would have kind of taken off a lot of that time anyway. Um, but in the meantime, basically, I have been finishing an album um, with my buddy Orion, who 
kind of up till now, Laguerre, which is my project um, and kind of always been my solo project, but, you know, people have kind of come and gone and been these sort of like fun temporary partners to make music with at, under that uh, name. So Orion became kind of this, this person who I just like really connected with and, and we really like synced up as far as what we wanted to make musically. Um, and we made this record together we started making it a few years ago, but kind of, and then he ended up moving to Seattle because he's an absolute genius and he works at the university and he like writes giant science papers about artificial intelligence and nonsense that I'm probably getting totally wrong because I don't understand a word of it. <laughs> but um, he, uh, he's come back and forth and we've, we've basically finished this album together that I just am super in love with and um kind of got into a situation where like it didn't really feel right to release it under uh, the name Laguerre because it was just too collaborative. It really was very half and half him and I. Um, and so it kind of led me to decide to do this sort of like split. So I basically um, eventually within the next handful of months kind of dissolving the Laguerre name in general and splitting it into these two new things. So Orion and I are now going to be Dooms, D-O-O-M-S, uh, which is like our new thing, which we're going to release this album um, under. I don't know exactly when or where. We're trying to kind of like do it in the most responsible way as possible so that people can actually hear it as opposed to just saying, hey, we have music now and then nobody ever hears <laughs> it. Because um, <laughs> that's, you know, just like just like this movie, uh, you know, record labels are, are tough and they're a whole new beast and they're kind of not a thing and kind of a thing now. But, uh, you know, it's still music is still a game, unfortunately, <laughs> when it comes to things like that. Um, and then uh, I'm going to be doing my solo project from now on under the name cheery um c-h-e-e-r-y so yeah so now uh kind of doing this whole weird like whatever the opposite of a merger would be (laughs) (laughs) and uh have this fully done album that we're kind of like talking to folks about and then we i have this album that i'm currently recording under cheery um and that's uh, like all new music and so yeah, gonna kind of try and I guess essentially like reinvent the things I've been working on for the last handful of years and sort of emerge from all of this unfortunate timing and into something really wonderful, hopefully. And um, I've been working on booking a few um, things that are live streamed or pre-recorded. So at this point, no live audiences, but you know, um, it's gonna feel so nice just like actually getting out there in any way shape or form and like playing new music so I'm, I'm super super excited I feel kind of like I'm one of those people that as much as I just said I did I felt very very um like unproductive all year <laughs> and was kind of jealous of all these people being like oh I'm doing all this stuff and you know I think it was kind of half and half who felt like doing that and who felt like kind of just crawling on their couch for a year I was sort of the latter <laughs> so um I don't know. I, it, it just feels, it feels, I finally feel like I'm ready to like, now I'm, now I'm aching to go out and play and I'm aching to like release new music and make new music. And that's, it's super exciting for me. Um, also something that I am not necessarily doing, but have wanted to do forever and have started talking to a few people about um, to the point where it's not in any stage at all. <laughs> but I would absolutely love 
And if anybody is listening to this and is interested in this, um, one day when it's a, something that people can do again, I have always wanted to, and I don't know the like legality of this, so it probably can't even happen if I wanted to, but I have always wanted to put on like a little local version of Phantom of the Paradise, like very, very, very much. Um, so if anybody's ever interested in creating that, whatever that would be with me, would love to do it because I wouldn't know what I was doing, but I would have the energy uh, to do it. So yeah, <laughs> I just want, I just want to put it on. I want to, I want to spread it out into the world and have like a fun, like Lawrence Casey production of Phantom of the Paradise for the theater. That would be amazing. So <laughs> how can folks find you? Yeah. Uh, so I think uh, the best way would probably be um, Instagram, I guess, would probably be the best way to do it. Uh, Instagram or, God, I don't know, how do people find me? I feel like I haven't talked to anyone for so long <laughs> that I don't even know if I can be found. Um, yeah, yeah, no. Uh, okay, so maybe email. <laughs> how do people talk these days? Email. Okay, email. So, um, I have a new email now for my, my music. So that honestly is probably the easiest way since my name is kind of a disaster to spell. Um, it's just here cheery. So H E A R as in you're listening <laughs> here and then cheery C H E E R Y, um, here cheery at gmail.com. That would be a good way that if anybody was interested, uh, to do that. Um, to, to reach out to me or if they were interested in anything upcoming shows I'm obviously gonna once I get all of that going I'm gonna kind of like make an effort <laughs> to put that information out there but um, but yeah I you know I don't know I think everybody's in a situation where we haven't really been able to do something for so long that I, I really feel like I talk everybody's ear off about this whenever I'm near anyone but like after things become more feasible again um whether we can have the same kind of concerts or the same kind of like activities as we did before i still feel like there's going to be some version of that you know we're going to adapt and there's just going to have to be some sort of renaissance because everybody is like been keeping in all this creative energy and this like social energy and i just feel like it's going to eventually explode into like this really beautiful wonderful like musical theatrical arts sort of vibe you know i agree with you i want to be there (laughs) i hope that happens and i want to be there um like front row center yeah 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 absolutely i'm i i keep i feel like i have dreams of like everyone in a giant field and not quite like a festival, but I feel like everyone's just like running out into a field and there's like speakers with music playing and everyone's just like wearing masks standing far away, but just like rejoicing. (laughs) And I like, I I'm looking forward to whatever that ends up actually being. Well, I hope it happens. And Caitlin, thank you so much for doing this. It was fun. Thank you for giving me a reason to re revisit this movie that I hadn't seen in God knows how long. Uh, yeah. Thanks for allowing me to geek out. I love this movie. Everyone should watch this movie. It's so great. <laughs> yes. Uh, again, thank <laughs> you so much.
Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. This love fades like a sunset Lowers and while you're away Different skies will show us different shades of the same Thanks to Caitlin Conroy for speaking with me. Doom's debut LP, Shellshine, is out now on Kansas City's High Dive Records. You can find links to purchase all of the music you heard on the show in the show notes for this episode, which are at fromaninspiredby.com. We're also on Facebook and Twitter at FromInspiredPod and can be found on Instagram at FromInspiredBy. You can subscribe to us via Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Click those follow and subscribe buttons, please. Also, please head up the website and click on the Aid and Assistant button to help pay for web hosting and long-distance fees, and remember to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. On the next episode, we're talking about Vinegar Syndrome's fascinating recent release, New York Ninja, and creating the music for it with the group Voyager 3. Until then, thanks for listening.